1: So call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. Yo, what up? Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in, and thank you for supporting the show. This is Seth, and you are listening to the Tuesday episode of Sober Guy Radio. On today's episode, I'm talking with Tracy Winchell. Tracy is the creator and host of the Reboots podcast podcast. But before we get to Tracy, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. There's a bunch of resources there. You can check out all our past episodes. You could also get information on upcoming live shows and events. And also, if you wish, you could hit me up on Instagram at SoberGuySeth, or you could shoot me an email at Seth at thatsoberguy.com. also, if you'll be in the Northern California area on Friday, September 7th, we would love to hang with you at our very first live podcast event at the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma. Uh, we're going to be joined by a good friend of the show and a uh, special guest, TJ Woodward. TJ is the author of the best-selling Conscious Being. He's also the author of Conscious Recovery. Uh, we'll be talking live sobriety recovery, uh, some mindfulness, uh, probably telling some jokes. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So if you're interested in that you could check you could purchase tickets at the phoenixtheater.com or also there's a link on that soberguy.com too. Uh, we'd love 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 for you to come out and join us um, on that. So again that's Friday September 7th. I think it starts at 7, 7 p.m. Um, so Tracy what's up? How are you doing today? I'm dandy. We're I'm in Arkansas.
0: Just uh, just uh, probably 25 miles east of the Arkansas-Oklahoma border, which is the Arkansas River. And I've lived here since like 1989. I fell in love with the place. I was always going to leave, go back to Little Rock where I grew up. And we just stayed. And um, my folks eventually uh, moved here. And um, about six years ago, uh, we lost my dad. And about three years ago, I lost my job. So I sold my house and uh, moved uh, 20 miles to a farming community. Uh, We've got less than 2,000 people in Lavaca, Arkansas. And I moved in with my mom. My mom... She told the dog today, Mister um, Winchester was in her uh, in her way, right at her feet, and she said, <laughs> "Winchester, in three hundred and fifty some odd days, I'm going to be eighty years old, and I, you're still going to be in my
1: way." <laughs> so we have a good time. Well, that so that's good, and I I think you bring up a, a great point. Um, you know, so you so you went through some life changes um, right. within the last five ten years. Um, you know some serious changes and and, and you've you 've had to make some changes and during that time, you created the reboots podcast right um, so so if if you wouldn 't mind let's let 's get into uh, kind of your story, yeah. how that came about um, you know and, and, uh, and you're you 're the guest of the show, so let 's hear it
0: well, six years ago when my dad died um, that the loss of my parents was my greatest fear ever i was I'm an only child um, and so the death of my dad at eighty years old was the realization of my greatest fear, and I decided maybe I was the only person on the planet who had ever lost her eighty year old dad, which is ridiculous now um, I was Angry and bitter and furious and frustrated, I I screamed at God every chance I got, Um, and uh, I just pushed people away. And uh, I was doing counseling. I was seeing a psychiatrist. Worked with my family physician. Worked with a a friend of mine who is a a minister. Um, Journaled my way through some scripture. And one of the assignments that I got was uh, to journal my way through the Sermon on the Mount uh, in, in Matthew. And, man, it made me mad when I got to Blessed are Those Who mourn." That was just mm. the stupidest thing I ever heard. So, you know, things just weren't getting any better. I, I, I was working hard. And I've had people ask me, did you just give up hope during that time? I don't, I don't think so because I was working so hard hard and things just weren't getting any better. And a friend of mine had uh, been uh volunteering at a Celebrate Recovery chapter uh, 60 miles up the road in Northwest Arkansas. And I thought that was dumb too. But I'd exhausted everything else. And so um one day in in uh in June, uh it's been 5 years ago I, I really terrible math, but I walked through the doors of a Celebrate Recovery for the first time. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want anybody to touch me or talk to me. I knew one guy there and I didn't really like him. Turns out he's become um, one of the dearest people in my life. Um, I got the challenge to uh, try it six times. Uh, and of course you know i'm kind of hard headed and uh i'm not going to be chased away that easily so i'm going to keep coming back and i'm going to try it and that is where i found um complete acceptance i i've i've had a career as uh, a broadcaster and i've been in in this town for a long time uh so uh, in all of my years of of really public profile work um it it was hard for me to go anywhere without being known. Um, And so I didn't realize that after all of those years of being in the public eye, I had developed um, expectations. Uh, My identity was wrapped up in who I thought I was supposed to be. It was wrapped up in what I could do for other people. I didn't trust people. So those kind of stupid self-talk things were revealed to me, and they started to drift away. And interestingly enough, uh, so did enough of my anger that I started to get better. And then I began to understand that every other week at Celebrate Recovery, we, we read the 12 Steps. Um, and then the alternating weeks, we read eight principles and there came a time when blessed are those who mourn. When we said that scripture together, um, I quit gritting my teeth and now after five years, I, I, I get it.
1: So, yeah, so I just want to, I just want to go back a little bit because you, you talk about something that's super, super interesting and, and totally resonated with you. So you had an event in your life, losing your father that, um, caused a, a, great amount of, of grief. Um, I'm sure there was probably some unresolved trauma there and you quickly fell into what I like to call the victim role. Um, you, you definitely felt like the world was out to get you. Um, and there was you know, I don't know how you felt. um I know when i when I fall into the victim role, um I pretty much hate everything. I pretty much am you know uh, f t w like I can't, I can't deal <laughs> and so i I dealt with that, I dealt with my feelings by with substance, um first booze and and, and then drugs um tracy and and we talked about this a little bit before we before we hit the record button about, you know, recovery that we all deserve it. You, um, you don't identify as an alcoholic. So what did you do to deal with those feelings before you, uh, found CR?
0: Oh, I just let them go. Anything that I thought, uh, I, I let it go. Um, if someone upset me, I let them know that I thought they were, they were wrong and that it was all about me. I didn't care how anybody else felt. And I, I'm, mm. I'm not proud of this, but in the weeks and months after my dad's death, it was all about me. It was not about my mom's grief, having been married to a wonderful man for 49 years. It, it wasn't about uh, two of my closest friends who mourned the loss of my dad. It was about how they weren't helping me Hmm. right and and family members um i was i was awful
1: yeah so you so you most definitely you you i'm gonna i'm gonna joke about this a little bit um you most definitely fell into the mindset of an alcoholic you just <laughs> Did didn't I? have you just didn't have the booze <laughs> the booze in hand right like you you were selfish uh you could give you couldn't care about anybody else um so that totally is in my mind the mindset of an an alcoholic or addict even more importantly uh the mindset of someone that's broken and that oh yeah and that needs um needs more needs some recovery in their life oh yeah Uh, so so that's where i go back to you know alcoholic or not um, I think we as, we as human beings are born with this survival instincts uh, to make us feel a certain way and to kind of change our way that we deal with what life has to throw at us. And if we're, if, if, if we're using our, those survival instincts that we're kind of born with, uh, we fall into that. We fall into the victim role. We're selfish. We could care less about any, anyone. Um, And, you know, when, when we do that, we become detached from our spirituality. Um, and so it sounded like, it sounds like to me that, you know, during that time, um, you know, someone kind of reached out to you and was like, Hey, this is no way to live. Right. Um, I'm going to show you this, this new path. And that's, you know, so, so similar to my story. Right. Like, Seth, your drinking and drugging is getting you nowhere, right? Like, you have some issues that you that you need to deal with.
0: You know what? I don't know about you, but, like, the thing that finally convinced me that she was right is, I mean, this had been a friend for, you know, pro, probably pushing 30-something years at this point. And so, you know, this was five years ago. Um, but I was noticing a change in her. She was different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um so I at some point I just said, what is it that's different about you? And she just smiled, kind of chuckled and said, It's that thing you don't want to
1: do. Yeah, most definitely. There there is something something attractive about the way that the person that is in recovery, the way that they live. And for us broken people that aren't I shouldn't say that aren't in recovery because that wouldn't you know make someone understand or think that if you're not in recovery you're broken. I don't mean that at all. Um, I know that I'm broken, and recovery was something that I needed right and and, right. and when I saw um i didn't really I didn't really notice the people in recovery until i I was in my earlier days of recovery, um and I was like, man, that's what I want. I want what that person has right now, the happiness, the joy, um, yeah the sense of self-love, like that is, that's huge too. And it sounds like that's so similar to what you, what you had kind of witnessed.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Seth, you you bring up a conversation that uh, happened several months ago. Uh, I I go to two Celebrate recoveries a week now. So 40% of my, five day week is spent at a recovery meeting and I never know which one I'm going to be serving and which one I'm going to be working my recovery. It's a mystery to me, which one is which. Um, but we were sitting there having supper and, and, uh, one of the guys who was there is just really struggling with alcoholism. And he, we were kind of joking and he said something about, um, gosh, uh, those people out there, um, he was sort of envious of them the way he said it uh, is they better be careful or those people out there will wind up being in here with um, those of us in here who just don't have it together. And I looked at him and I said, dude, it's okay. The beautiful thing in this room is that we all know we're messed up and we're courageous enough to be doing something about it. And I just, you know, I just pray for some of the people out there that they can find what we've found. So let's not diminish our own self-worth here tonight, my brother, because you're in a really good place.
1: Yeah, no, and for sure. And that's something that, you know, I say, I get a lot of people that ask me that ask about the quote unquote stigma of Mm -hmm. the word alcoholic behind it. And the only thing that I could say to people, I'm very open about my recovery. I'm very open that, you know, Mm -hmm. I still classify myself as an alcoholic and a drug addict. Like I tell people that. I tell the waiter, you know, at the restaurant, if you ask me, you know, if I go into a restaurant during happy hour, oh, can we get you a margarita with you with your chips and salsa? And usually it's like, yeah, you could, but you probably wouldn't like the outcome after <laughs> 10 or 15 of it. You know, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore. And I'm very open with that. Um, the one thing that I that I am kind of challenged with the stigma, and I think it's all kind of self-generated, in being open with my recovery um, I haven't had one person, stranger, loved one, friend, family member um, tell me like, dude, that's that's fucked up. Like you're, you're strange now. Right. Every response that I've ever gotten is like, whoa, that's totally awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that a lot of the stigma is made up in our own heads. Um, and uh, the the true strength of a person, I believe, is the one that reaches out for for help. And I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until you know after I had been in recovery for five or six years, um, that the stigma was in my own head. And I think that well,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it, when I when I first walked through the doors of recovery, I'm like, well, isn't that for alcoholics and drug addicts? I'm I'm not one of those, so. Part of my issue, I was embarrassed by the idea that someone might think that I'm one of those. And in fact, you know, I, I have all over my Facebook page that, that I'm in Celebrate Recovery. Most of the time I have on a CR shirt, but, um, and, I, and I, I have a whole lot of cousins. I mean, I have like 60 something cousins and every now and then one of them will reach out to me or I'll see them somewhere and they'll say, well, gosh, Tracy, I didn't know you had a drug problem. Well, I don't. Um. And and I used to be really quick to defend myself with that. And then Seth, I went through this other stage where like there there are about forty percent of people in celebrate recovery who deal with some sort of an, an addiction. The the other sixty percent of us are just looking for relief from our hang ups and our habits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there there was a time when I just felt I'm not worthy to be in a, in, a, in a step study or a small group with women who have really struggled and are continuing to struggle. So I went from the side I don't want to be associated with people who have those kind of problems to I'm not worthy. I'm just not worthy to be in the same room with someone who has the courage to face the things that you faced. And and now, and I, I still struggle with that every now and then. And thank you so much for, for comforting me a little bit before we started. But now, you know, I, I was telling you before we rolled tape, I, I listened to this conversation between you and your mom um, in, in a previous episode. And what a privilege it is to be among women and men who don't have time for a bunch of BS. You know, you're just living life as it's real. You say what's on your mind and, um, it's just a real blessing in my life.
1: Yeah, no. And I, I, like, I, I appreciate that much. You know, I have nothing but gratitude, um, for that. You know, I think that it's important, you know, and I'm just going to share kind of what we had talked about, you know, whether you suffer from grief or unresolved trauma, or you were a heroin addict, or you smoked crack, or you were like me—you did a shit ton of cocaine and drank a lot of beers in your life. Um, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what right. what the addiction is. Um, what matters is the path out of that, and how to, how we how we come out of who we once were and live the life that we're supposed to live. Live the life that we were meant to live, whether it's, um, you know, uh, through celebrate recovery or AA refuge recovery, whatever that path is for you to return to your natural self. Um, and whatever you suffer from, like I could, I could give two shits if you suffered from grief, trauma, heroin, addiction, crack addiction, alcoholic or addict, um, you know, we all, we all have the same feelings. And one thing that I am a a huge believer in is that, you know, for me, um, alcohol wasn't my problem. My problem was, was Seth and, um, I used, I used alcohol and drugs to not feel what Seth was feeling. Yeah. Totally escape out of that. Um, And I think that, you know, whether whether you use substance to do that or not, um, I think you're still deserving of of coming back to yeah. your original self and, and, and getting. I to- agree.
0: My friend Ed, the guy I was talking about a while ago, who said I, who I said Man, I just didn't even like him. Um, he he says life is meant to be enjoyed even when it must be endured. And I thought that was the next dumbest thing I'd ever heard behind blessed are those who mourn. And yet through all of the changes in my life, uh, the past five years, I have had the 12 steps of recovery to help me navigate these profound life changes. Um, in fact, uh, uh two or three weeks ago, um, uh, I just, I just was really struggling, uh, about the the death of another close friend in the past couple of years. Just really missing him and being angry with him and had a little meltdown with the same people who I was not too kind to when my dad died. And um, interestingly enough, in the middle of my little meltdown, Seth, um, the last thing I wanted was to hurt them or to make them feel less of our friend who was deceased. And my struggle was that I had ruined a really wonderful afternoon just because I was emotional. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't stop that. And they didn't know how to help me. And I didn't know how to explain to them why I was so angry with our friend who died without impugning his integrity, which is a totally different way I would have handled grief and I did handle grief five years ago. So the steps of recovery, you know, I they don't take away my feelings. They just help me learn how to not make the same mistakes I made before so that my friendships are my friendships and that I'm living in that moment. Even when my friendships aren't perfect, they're still incredibly valuable.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a super important topic that you bring there because you know whether we're in recovery or not like we we talk about how great our life is and and so on and so forth but we're still dealt with life situations it's a matter of how we deal with them um and it sounds like to me the difference between you dealing with your dad's death and your your friend's death uh, a couple years ago, or it was a couple years ago, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That there was a a complete shift in your mindset um, that you were compassionate about compassionate about the others and what they were going through, um, whereas before you there was no compassion there.
0: That's exactly right, Seth.
1: Yeah. So, so anyway, so we kind of derailed a little bit, but it's all good stuff. Um, So I want to, I want to jump back into your story. I think, um, you know, one, one big thing that is kind of cool is that, so during, after your dad had, had passed, you had lost your job and you kind of talk about this story in episode 28 of the reboots podcast, uh, which we'll get into too. Um, So how, how did you kind of what was that shift like from
0: was a a lot easier, you know, complicate further complicating things. The friend that I mentioned died, um, was my friend before he was my boss. Then he was my boss. And at some point, and this was, this is a, a a local municipality. So uh, obviously there are elected officials involved and they don't get paid enough to make some really hard decisions. Um, but they wanted some major shifts and my friend um rather than make those changes resigned rather ab- abruptly he retired um and that kind of took a lot of people by surprise including me it turns out that the one of the reasons he resigned and retired, is that uh, elected officials wanted a number of senior management to be let go, including me. So see, there's this whole other weird thing wrapped up in all of that. I feel like I let him down um, because we had just pushed pause on our friendship. We're both ethically bound to serve the citizens of the community that we're employed by and so that you know that was tough so as soon as he resigned you know everybody's shocked but i'm thinking oh great i get my friend back but then there was this interim where i don't i we never had a chance to talk about it um was he upset with um the fact that in my my grief over my dad i wasn't a model employee um Was he upset that he disappointed me because he no longer protected me? So that's kind of what all happened there is he resigns. I find out that, um, I'm going to be gone soon. Um, just a whole lot of turmoil right there. Um, but the, the the steps of recovery caused me then, instead of grieving the loss of a job that I'd had for 12 years and that I found my identity in, I'm not finding my identity that in that job so much anymore because of my recovery. Did recovery contribute to my change in how I was doing my job? Yeah. Did it contribute to the fact that um, maybe someone said I didn't need to be doing my job anymore. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Um, and so the way I approached all of that, um, I approached in a different way. I I didn't feel like a victim. Hmm. I realized, oh my gosh, um, this is an amazing approach for me now. The elected officials have a job to do. My friend made a decision, good for him, now what am I going to do about it? And I had a lot of equity in a really cool little um, 80-year-old house uh, in the middle of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and uh, after talking to my mom about it, uh, I mean, I, I just, I woke up one morning thinking, I could sell my house. And I talked to my mom about it. She was like, I was thinking the same thing. I just (laughs) didn't know if what you would say about it because I know you love that house. I thought I was going to die in that house. I mean, I love that house. And you know what? That house sold in... um, We put it on the market like on a Monday or Tuesday. It was gone by Friday. Wow. Boom. And so um, I... I don't miss the house, and I believe that's only by the grace of God and working the twelve steps and understanding that um, I'm not a victim here. I have been given um, relief from tremendous stress, um, and I've been given the opportunity to to do something that I've always wanted to do, which is um, use use my broadcasting background to help other people. And through recovery, you know, uh, I I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the book called Boundaries, uh, Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Man, they're just such cool dudes. So I'm sitting uh, uh, just a few weeks after uh, I'd lost my job in uh, just outside Nashville, Tennessee at a Celebrate Recovery East Coast Summit. These two guys over the course of two days are talking to us and we're getting no kidding leadership training. And I'm thinking these guys are fortune 100 um, coaches. They get paid a whole lot of money to teach leadership skills. And here they are teaching a bunch of us in recovery, wanting to give back. Wait a minute. Th- leadership skills and recovery skills are the same things. We just call them something different. And I knew right then that the podcast was going to figure, was going to connect those things. And so, um, you know, without losing the job, without selling the house, because without selling the house, I got to get a real job, right? Yeah. And so I just have this tremendous opportunity to um, learn a new thing and i just i i'm not quite sure where it's going i've been doing this um a year this past may and i've backed up you know i'm not doing an episode every single uh uh twice a month is what i was doing i'm doing one a month cuz i'm i'm really working hard to to figure out this next step can i use this as a way to earn a living or do I need to go get a real job? It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I, I think that I have a, I have a couple of questions about that, you know, cause obviously I'm, I'm fairly new. I mean, I've been around the podcasting a little bit, like being a host on that sober guy or not a host, but a guest on that sober guy and then right. turning into a host. Right. right. Um, there's a lot of a lot of work that goes along with it, which i'm finding mm-hmm. out it's uh it's it, it could be it could be time consuming but it's a labor of love right so it it doesn't, it doesn't really it doesn't really feel like feel like work i think you know one of one of my biggest struggles is my struggle with the perfectionism of it of it making it of making it be the certain thing right and and when I sit down to um work on some show notes or what i'm going to talk about with the guest or so on and so forth i i find myself getting so frustrated and i like i can't i can't i just can't yep right so i want to hear about you know kind of like how is that for you because i'm sure you know obviously being your 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 background in broadcasting like you have a good idea on how to prepare yeah. and you know, it, when, when you find yourself at a block that you're not preparing like you know how you should, um, how do you deal with that, looking for that professional or the, per, the perfectionism?
0: I, I believe strongly in preparation. Um, my entire broadcast career has been built on the foundation of preparation because when I'm prepared, now all of a sudden I have the freedom to roll with it, right? Um, because stuff happens. Opportunities happen, um, especially as, as, a, as a broadcast journalist when, when you're chasing a story. Stuff is going to change. And if I have the opportunity to get a hold of something that nobody else has gotten a hold of, by golly, I want to be prepared. I want to understand what questions I need to ask the governor of the state of Arkansas who's running for president of the United States. I may only get him one time in the next two months and I want to make a whole lot of stories out of that. Right. Yep. So I want to be prepared. Um, I was told by an old broadcast pro um, Steve Barnes, a broadcast legend in Arkansas uh, told me back in the eighties, Tracy E. For every five minutes you talk on the air, you better have an hour's worth of preparation. And I've taken that to heart. So how do I deal with that here? Um, I work really hard to prepare and I work really hard to be organized. I have a checklist for the things that I want to accomplish. Today, I did an interview um, for the Reboots podcast. And for whatever reason, I didn't prepare correctly. Um I I don't even know where the time went this week. Uh the time that I had blocked off to prepare just didn't happen. And you know what happened, Seth? I I this was a a, a couple who um are working to raise funds so that they can go to the mission fields. So, um you know, I just went through my little checklist, um and i prayed about it which is whether you whether you're a person of faith or not i think that is in large part letting go yeah you know it for me it's about um tapping into um uh my creator it, it, to me yes i think there is something supernatural that happens but i think anybody can benefit from prayer because it's about letting go. So just let it go. And um, we had a wonderful conversation. There were a couple of things that I kind of went, now, wait a minute. I'm not sure I'm buying into this. And we just went with it. And we had some kind of controversial topics that neither of us was prepared to. But um, the way I've always tried to approach um, conversations with people, hard conversations with people when the tape is rolling is to be kind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Meet, meet, meet every, and I've found that too, meet every um, instance or anything that may came up, come up um, to meet that with kindness and compassion. I know that uh, when I find um, whether I prepare or not when something doesn't turn out the way that I want it to turn out, the the outcome of that is really a, a reflection of how I'm connected spiritually uh, to my spiritual beliefs, to my higher powers, to my God. Um, and if I'm if I'm super connected, um, you know, it works out just the way it's supposed to, and it's going to be yep. great, yep. right? But when I when I circle my life around perfection um, and try to be kind of you know, the God or, 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 the director of my own life. Um, that's when I, that's when I really get into trouble Yeah. when, when a lot of that self hate comes up and it's, it's, it's super important in recovery, um, that I've found is that, you know, this is a, this is a, a constant journey, right? Like it's not, it's not a destination. There's things that I have to do on a daily basis, um, to maintain, number one, my sobriety, because that is yeah. the, the first and foremost important thing in my life. And then also too, just like my mind state, you know what I mean? Cause when I get into a bad mind state, I'm, you know, I'm probably not far from, from a drink or a drug. Um, and, and I know that you have, um, something that you're working on, um, constantly, right. To, to maintain that connection to a, your recovery, your, your God. Um, so what does that, what does that look like in your program today?
0: You know, um, I, I've struggled with self doubt the past couple of years based on, um, you know, uh, the, the changes that were made for me in my career, um, the past couple of years, that's probably been my biggest issue in launching this podcast is self-doubt mm-hmm. and and figuring out um, where it's going. I don't trust myself. And um, as I worked through my inventory this past year and as I read a book by John Acuff, have you read Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done, Seth? I have not. Dude, it is awesome. So I'm reading this book.
1: I'm gonna write it's, that down. Right? And
0: it's all about perfectionism. Um, and I just, I, I'll pick up the story. If I if I get lost in this, just pull me back out, my brother.
1: Yeah, nah, roll it. He,
0: he says, if you break enough promises, you start to doubt yourself. Hmm. And if you quit enough times, quitting is no longer just a possibility. When you start a new goal, it's your identity, and that feels terrible and then he says perfectionism dies slowly it's persistent and particularly dangerous because it masquerades as excellence so early this year i'm reading this book and i pulled this off of my 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 kindle feed on amazon which is awesome by the way i just about highlighted the whole dang book seth (laughs) and and that's why why it was easy for me to pull up some of these and so I read this and I'm starting to work my step four and I'm thinking, wait a minute. The self doubt is not the thing. The self doubt is the symptom of perfectionism. And so I've worked through a bunch of this stuff with my sponsor. It turns out I have a sponsee who deals with perfectionism. Um, And so I started looking at my step 10. I wasn't really doing my maintenance. And I thought, step 10 really isn't a maintenance. It, it could be so much more if I do it differently. So um, one of the Celebrate Recoveries that, that I attend, uh, I signed up to teach um, the, the, the lesson on step 10 um, because I knew I wanted to... Uh, resume that habit. So back in about February, I built a new set of my step 10 questions. And I wanted to make sure that every single night I talked to myself about self-worth, selfishness, self-doubt, perfectionism, and I wanted to just root that stuff out. So I've got eight questions that I ask myself every night. And um, I realize how much I'm lying to myself about some stuff. And I have actually put together uh, a little a bonus so that if your listeners want to check out what I do, I've made it really easy to do that.'ve um, i got uh, uh, It's available at rebootspodcast.com.
1: Yeah, we'll put um, we'll, we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes too. <laughs>
0: yeah, and 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 that sober guy, um, but dude, this has been amazing. You want me to just w- work through the questions? So you have time to do that? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, what good did I do today, right? So that's the self worth, and I have to think about that sometimes. I f- I forget. Oh wait a minute, um, Buying my mom flowers was a good thing today, right? Yeah. Huh. Um, how was I selfish today? So some days I'm thinking, gosh, this was a dumb thing that I didn't do today or that I did do. And by the time I'm finished working and it, it's like, well, that wasn't really selfish. It wasn't really selfish that I took a 20 minute nap today because I was frustrated with my list manage- my email uh, list management thing. And when I woke up from my nap, I figured it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. so selfish. And some days I am selfish and I hold myself accountable for that. But I'm not as selfish as I think I am, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I just have a a quick question on that one. So as you ask yourself that and you work through it, like what do you do to not beat yourself up over it? Like how how do you give yourself grace for, because that could be one of those situations that you're like, God damn, I was super selfish today. I'm a horrible person. Like, yeah. How do you yeah. avoid
0: that? I I, I don't. Um mm. I I lean into it and I uh I, I usually write down what I should have done differently. And most of the time this stuff fits on one page like um the and you know what's amazing Seth when I look back over uh the ones where I was selfish, they're the ones who t- they're the ones that are the lengthiest. Um like I don't know just I'm just holding this up. So like, that's a lot of stuff there. So I just write it out. Yeah. And, and, and if I write long enough, and I force myself to be brief because it's just on one page. So I don't want this to take longer than 10 minutes. If it takes longer than 10 minutes, I've failed. Right? Yeah. Um, so I just, I write my way through it so that I can forgive myself. I put it out there, and w- when it's out of my head and on that paper, it's not as bad as I thought it was because I can redeem myself tomorrow by the grace of God who gives me another day.
1: That's awesome. And I think, you know, I just, from, from what I gathered from that, like you said, you don't, you don't give yourself grace, but this is your way of culting grace for yourself is to write it out, get rid of it, be done with it. Um, and you do this at the end of the day so that yeah. the next time you awake, um, fresh start yesterday was in the past. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember it. I'm not going to close the door on it, but it's, I'm done with it. Like that's, yep. that's it. That's awesome. And if I've
0: got to apologize to someone. I I get that done. So like my number three, and this is another one where i just laugh at myself. This is perfectionism. Um, What did I not do today that I know or think I should have done? Expound. Hmm. Um, And I don't know. Let's just pull something up here random. Um, uh, This was last week sometime. Uh, Didn't, shoulda. Meh. I should have slept better last night so I could get up, walk, and get out earlier. So I didn't show myself very much grace when I wrote this one, you know, it was, um, but I, but I knew when I wrote meh, what I was getting ready to write was, um, I didn't, I I didn't sleep very well. So how am I going to beat myself up for that? Right. So that was a little bit of sarcasm to myself because I know that I'm getting ready to be an idiot to myself, Hmm. not be nice, but I, did identify that the fact that I didn't do several things that I should have done to take better care of myself was rooted in the fact that I couldn't sleep. And that's been an ongoing issue last week, kind of a racing brain thing, and I know that it will eventually end. And it did, right? So um, that's one of those questions where I'm like, you know, you're going to write something down here and you're going to beat yourself up, but it's stupid okay so i do it and i i'm done with it
1: yeah no and i think like you know kind of like question number 2 it's you know this is this is the process and i love this this is your process of of being mindful of it recognizing it and washing yourself of it like being right. done with it, like like I say, cultivating your own grace. Right in these steps, like this is. Uh, I'm so glad that we get to talk about this because when you said this over, I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is this is cool. Yeah. You know, I I like this, but uh, I can't I can't wait to talk to her about it because yeah. Well, so this is this is all good stuff. So number four. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, number four was was I unloving or unkind? And mm. you know what I don't like, Seth, is yesterday I was unloving or unkind. A friend of mine um, called from out of the blue. I'm a very structured person. I, I I have some ADHD issues. And when I have to do too much thought jumping, it just, oh man, it's hard. And so I love this kid and I took his call and then I resented it immediately and I brushed him off too soon. So I was unloving and I was unkind yesterday. And, um, I, I, I'm going to do my very best to remedy that, um, hopefully Saturday I can give them a call and just say, Hey dude, let's talk. Um, so those are the ones that hurt when I really am selfish. But a lot of times, again, it's one of those, I wasn't so unloving or unkind, but that was,
1: um, so number five follows that. No, do I, I, I want to go back. Oh, do go you? Back okay. To, uh, I want to go back to number four and I, I just, okay. say, is this, is this just like coincidence that it's so much of step four in, in the 12 steps? Like it's kind of, Uh, it's kind of, you know, you're doing that searching and fearless inventory of how you were unkind. um,
0: I've never thought about that. that, That's
1: that's so crazy. And you know, that's number four is one that um, in my professional career that I, I, I really, I really struggle with, Um, you know, because I, I'm in the, and and I I manage a group of men, um, uh, you know, that's, at the, at this facility, uh, it's a manufacturing facility and all of these men have been at this place, you know, twice the time that I've been there. Oh, no! Um, and I could, I could get, you know, there are days, um, I, I find that when I don't start my day off with my, I try to meditate for 25 minutes every morning. I find that when I wow. don't do that, um i go in in a different mindset and you know mm-hmm. yesterday i had to i had to confess to my wife like god i was so i was so mean to one of the guys today um and you know i verbalized like i have to apologize like mm-hmm. i i have to admit that i was wrong and i have to make make my amends um yeah. so that's 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 a that's a a big one. And it's, and it's so crazy, right. That, um, you know, one thing that I struggle with, you know, especially when I don't do my meditation in the morning, um, is. Being the unkind person in both my professional and my personal life, you know, and I can't, I can't any longer like separate those two. Like I just need to be, um, loving and kind, you know what I mean? And and I think that it's important, um, that uh you know stay by staying connected um to my spirituality like that's that's cool but i I do think that um you know number four is is most definitely step four right so that's that's it is i
0: never thought about that you know what you know one of the reasons that's on my list um and do i owe someone an apology is number five those two things on my list i i don't i don't know if you've ever hung around cops but I've got some really good friends who are cops. And when I was a reporter, you know, sometimes those were adversarial. And, and I used to have a, a, a guy who would, uh, who would say, um, when shall I put you in jail, but I'd have to do the paperwork and I'd get the heck out of the way, you oh, yeah. know? Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of times, um, knowing that I'm going to have to do this paperwork every night, um, helps me to make the apology in the moment that makes sense because I don't want to do the paperwork
1: yeah absolutely I don't
0: want to write that stuff down for me to review three months later and go oh man which is you know another reason for the perfectionism because I did check off that I've done the amend so why am I still grimacing over that thing that's over and done with
1: right I I think that's cool right so so what I'm hearing is that you practice number four or you try to practice number four on a on a continual basis so that when you sit down at night you that that list of number five of the person that you owe an apology to is either non-existent or maybe there's one person on there um that's yeah no that's that's totally so it's kind of it's, I'm, you know, I'm going to use a little bit, it's kind of your, your own like scare tactic. You're scaring yourself into (laughs) being kind and and loving to, to all Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to. So number five in your book is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the shortest one and it, it, you know, for me, like, um, I would say the majority, the majority of my days, uh, you know, number five would be, would be kind of, kind of lengthy. Right. And, and myself Mm -hmm. would be number one. Right. Because I do I do tend to to beat my to beat myself up on a, on a regular. And again, it's those days that I am not connected to my spirituality. It's the days yeah. that it's, you know, I hit the snooze button. So now I'm 25 minutes late to the start of my day. And, and that's the first thing. And, I, and I'm working on that. Like that is always. For some reason, the first thing that suffers is um, my my morning connection. So.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: But I think that, you know, as long as like with everything else, as long as I stay connected, that number five, maybe it won't, maybe it wouldn't start with me. So yeah, that's, that's cool. It's the number five is the scare tactic.
0: Right. (laughs) And you know what? My sponsor reminds me frequently, um, uh, do you owe yourself an apology be sure when you're doing number five you're also including yourself in yeah. that and because she does she knows me well yeah. so uh, number six what did I do for someone else today and some days I miss that some days mm-hmm. I forget oh wait I have a, a a friend of mine who's 13 and in some legal trouble and oh uh, I s- spent 30 minutes writing him a really long note today I forget about that yeah you know um, and then, uh, number seven is what will I do tonight to make tomorrow better? Hmm. Pretty often it's turning off the lights and turning off a baseball game. I love baseball. Who's and your team? I love the Cardinals, but I also love, um, I love, uh, uh, the A's because Stephen Piscotty is the right fielder. I, I, I was just going to
1: say we uh, we stole your boy Piscotty. We love Piscotty. I'm a me oh, and, uh, man my my uh my good friend Shane were 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 really really um hardcore A's fans he he got to go to the game today it's and hard. watch him play the Mariners uh i had wow. to work so I, I was for some reason i i had signal on my phone i pulled up the instagram i saw that this dude was at the A's game i was like oh you bastard but yeah <laughs> no we we uh we most definitely love Steven Piscotti. and oh, then obviously man. um you know with the with the, there's that emotional connection with him right. with the death of his mother and mm-hmm. that whole thing. Yeah. So, but we did, we did get your boy. Um, I'm, I'm
0: so glad.
1: Yeah. That's so I digress about baseball. Yeah. No, no, yeah most, most definitely about baseball.
0: Totally talk because <laughs> both of our teams are doing great now. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. When the so, Cardinals are good, the, the the Cardinals are most definitely good for baseball for sure.
0: Uh, I and I think the A's are fun. I've I've always enjoyed the uniforms and just that funky kind of a, a vibe. Um, so yeah, I just I'm more of a baseball fan than than so much a, a Cardinals fan. There's man, life. You talk about perfectionism. You can't afford to be a perfectionist and be a great ball player. You just can't. That's so true. That is
1: so true.
0: And I love that, and I love the fact that. These guys make decisions based on percentages and probabilities, but there's this human element that, you know, how, how does a team that was barely above 500 now, um, h- h- how do they win uh, eight in a row? How does a guy who was batting a 137 in the first month of the season, how is he now batting like, I don't know, 300 yeah. and has a 34 game uh, on base streak. How does that happen? The, it it it's a celebration of the human
1: spirit. You
0: can't you can't quantify it.
1: Yeah, most definitely. There's there's definitely some uh, letting go and and self forgiveness in that, and some self love as a, as a yeah. baseball player. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. That's that's so awesome.
0: Okay, so number eight is my intention for tomorrow. I work really hard at setting. This stage for the next day, and some days I, I I mess that up, and I put goals in there. But like um, my let's see, my intention uh, a week ago tonight um, just randomly pulled up was uh, number one to be courageous. Two, here I'm messing this up was to edit my next podcast episode. Um, and number three was prepare appropriately. I have no idea what that means in this moment. Um, but, um, you know, the, the intention was just to, just to be courageous. I don't know what I was facing the next day. Um, but I just, I work really hard to, um, set my expectations for myself. And in fact, there's another little thing that I do. Uh, every night before I go to bed, I write a letter to my next day self, and it's teaching me to be kinder to myself. Mm. And I've already gotten that written um, tonight for tomorrow. Just um, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long, sometimes it's a laundry list of things to do. Um, but I, I juxtapose that right next to the letter that I write the next day, which is a letter to to my Abba. And so I didn't I didn't do that on purpose, but I've discovered that. Oh my gosh, if I get those two relationships right, my letter to myself, my letter to my heavenly dad, I'm I've got a really good shot at having a decent day.
1: Yeah, I know that's that's huge like the intention um you know, I, I I work really hard at considering my intentions in everything that I do. Um and, and and you know, I do that number 8 on on a constant, right? Like I I set my intentions um you know, whether it be goal-based or, um, you know, how I'm going to treat someone today, how I'm going to treat myself today. Um, And then, you know, it's something that I revisit moment by moment, you know, and I I also, yeah, absolutely. I ask myself, you know, in in times that are tough, like what are, what is my intention here? Um, So Mm. it's intention is, is, is a huge, huge, huge one for me and I know that you know and then to recognize like if my intention is bad like there's something that I need to change there's something that I need to do um and I think that you know usually in the evening um when and I'm gonna start I'm gonna start doing this like I I want you to hold me accountable I'm gonna start writing this stuff out and uh, hit hit me up in a couple weeks and see where I'm at with it because this is I see you know this could be super super helpful and I have you know much appreciation and gratitude and love um, to you tracy for for sharing for sharing this uh, with myself and then also you know the listeners of that sober guy like this is this is some really really good stuff
0: it It means the world to me it and, and it it, it, it 's a way of keeping me active daily in my recovery um, I, I love being in, in a in a step study i 'm not in one right now um, and it 's super easy I, I I get scared in 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 these these little three months where I just, I need a break. You know, I've, I've got some closets to clean out. I've got some things my mom wants me to do. Um, but I feel spiritually very vulnerable in, 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 in those, those spaces, uh, between being held accountable on a week to week basis with 10 or 12 other women. Um, so this is really important. It is, it is how I, actively work my recovery even when sometimes frankly going to two meetings a week um seems more like a responsibility than um working my recovery this is this thing that that reminds me why why I'm doing what I'm doing why I'm better now than I was five years ago.
1: Yeah no it's it's good it's good stuff. So um, yeah, and I'll, I'll share this. Um, I'll put a link to, to your website and then, and then I'll, I'll probably, if you don't mind, I might post this up on, have Shane post this up on the web somewhere too. I'd Um, be glad. I'm I'm
0: happy to share. It's, this has worked super duper well for me since February. This exact, this is this exact program. I'd gone maybe a year without doing a step 10 every night. Um, and I've, I've I've messed with this over the past five years. I've made it way too long. I've I, I've I've said, oh, I'm going to answer twelve questions and it takes twenty minutes. I don't do it. Yeah. So um, I designed this to just be super duper simple and uh, to be able to do this in less than ten minutes and to make it really powerful. And so if perfectionism if perfectionism isn't somebody's thing, feel free to replace it with a different question. You know, um, a thing that whatever that struggle is, that root character defect that somebody's struggling with, make sure you you answer that question, something about that every night, because maybe you're not as bad as you think you are in that character defect, and maybe you're not doing as well as you think
1: you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to, to piggyback on that, like, I don't think it has to be a linear path. Like, you don't have to wait till step 10 to do this stuff. This is stuff that you could do in step one, two, wherever you're at in your recovery like this. Oh, you're um, right. this, is, this is something that, you know, could benefit um, the person that's new to recovery, uh, whether they're recovering from addiction or grief or depression or whatever what perfectionism, whatever it is, like, this is something that could be started on now. Like, I don't think there, that it it, it needs to, it needs to wait. Um, so Tracy, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Um, you know, I've absolutely loved our, our time together. Um, one, one question that i like to close with, uh, for the, for the person that struggles out there, the addict, the, the person that struggles with grief, uh, that suffers from depression, self-hate, if you had, you know, a couple words or sentences or a whole paragraph of advice, what would that be for the person that is wanting more out of life? Um,
0: it's hard to improve on my, my friend Ed Saucier um, when he says, life is meant to be enjoyed even when it must be endured. It is possible. Um, it's, it, it's just a kind of a summary of, of, uh, the serenity prayer. Hmm. And so if, if you just think there is no hope left, um, have a look at the serenity prayer. Uh, it, it's, it's powerful. And, um, you know, when we learn to accept life on life's terms, um, and we learn how to ask the right why questions, um, life gets better. And so, in in my mind, the right why questions, uh to start with the wrong why questions. Um, why did this happen to me? It's futile. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get anything out of that. And once we accept that, you know, sometimes life just doesn't work the way we want it to, um, you know, an example of a, 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 for me, a healthy why question is, why do I spend 10 or 15 minutes a night working my, my step 10? It's because I don't want to be who I was. Yeah. You know, so that's a fear why. And I do want to be someone who um, encourages and inspires someone who just thinks there's no hope. Uh, I, I, I want to I not just say, life can be better. I want to show them through my life and I want to show them through the stories of other people.
1: Yeah. And I, I I think you're, I think you're doing that. I think you're doing, you're doing a great job. So, so Tracy, if, um, you know, people out there listening, they want to find out more about you or reboots podcast, where can they find you?
0: Um, you can find me, uh, I'm at reboots com. There's an S in there, um, I'm at Tracy Places, T-R-A-C-Y, P-L-A-C-E-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also at Reboots Podcast. Uh, let's see, it's Reboots Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, or you can just send me an email, uh, Tracy, T R A C Y, at RebootsPodcast.com. I would love to just visit with you about recovery. If you're new to recovery, um, it, it, if if maybe your, your issue is not addiction, maybe it's um, codependency or um, just grief or whatever, um, and you're just not sure if there's a place for you in the 12 steps, I'll be happy to hop on a call with you on Skype or Instagram. We'll talk 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you need. Um, I'm happy to share my story. I am not an expert at recovery um i am an I, i'm becoming an expert at doing my life within the 12 steps which is nothing more than the beatitudes it is it is you know whether you're a believer or not um you know if 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 you happen to be a believer in and, and and um you you look at the way jesus lived his life he didn't have hang ups or habits but think about the hurts that he endured hmm. um, and so when he delivered the Sermon on the Mount, where the Beatitudes are, um, he wasn't preaching to people about how to live their lives. He was giving us a blueprint for how he lived his life, and there are what um, help me here, Seth. there are probably four steps that are involved that that deal with. When we make a mistake,
1: right? Yeah, I think I, I definitely I believe all of them do, but you know that's that's true. That's, that's my own my own program, but yeah, I I have heard um you know that that there are the four steps, you know.
0: So like when I finally figured out that oh my gosh, Jesus gave us this blueprint for what to do when we screw up. Life got easier. I still stumble over perfectionism every day. Yep but I can now kind of see where I need to be. And so, yeah, um, hit me up. I will be happy to visit with anybody, anytime about anything. And just to, just to share my story and what the 12 steps of recovery mean, not only to me, um, but the people that I love the most, uh, quick story. My mom, my mom, um, uh, has been so supportive of my recovery efforts, and so when her church started talking about launching a celebrate recovery, um, she said, "I'm in. I am all in." And she doesn't drive at night anymore. So she said, "Oh, by the way, Tracy, you're in too, until it's daylight outside, and I can drive myself home." So that's why I'm involved in a second recovery group, and they love her because she she is a greeter. And she is there on Monday nights, even when she is not feeling good. And man, it's just so much fun to watch her giving back to people, um, and being a big part in why her church launched to celebrate recovery. So my recovery, I mean, wow. Um, just, it means a lot to her. And of course that just feeds back to me. So, um. You know, recovery is not for those who need it; it's for those of us who want it. And um, I'm happy to visit with people about um, how my life is different. And you know what? Uh, your life can be different too.
1: Yeah, that's 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 so awesome, Tracy. I couldn't have said that better. It is um, the life of recovery, and you know, for for those of us that want to put a, a label on it, the life of sobriety, whatever you want to call it, um, it's it's it has to be something you want. You can't, um, no one, no one could give it to you, but, um, yourself, um, what you believe to be your higher power, what I believe to be my higher power. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's definitely something out there. Um, you know, whether it be Jesus or whoever Allah or whoever it is, um, you know, there's definitely, I believe that there's something that helps me or that, called me out of that because i didn't do that shit on my own nope. and 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 the love that you will feel um greet you in in these rooms of whether it be celebrate recovery aa na refuge recovery whatever the program is out there is unmeasurable you will yep. never get that kind of love anywhere else that's true tracy so
0: thank you seth what a privilege it's been and i i'm, I'm-
1: I'm so grateful to to know you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Much love, respect, and keep your blood clean.